to the People Chronicles. I'm Anna Rose. And today on Storied Women, my guest is Diane Granstrom. Diane stands about five feet. Yes. <laughs> but I'm confident that after you hear her story today, you are going to think, as do I, that she is probably one of the tallest, strongest women that you have ever met. Diane owns a company called Aromatherapy Plus. Just give me a little bit of uh, insight into exactly what is Aromatherapy Plus. Okay, actually, this is our 20th year, which I'm really excited about. When I first started, I wanted to introduce aromatherapy to the community and make it affordable. And as time went on, I ended up um, being a primary provider of aromatherapy products to hospice companies, um, mostly for the dying patient. Okay, so these are called, like essential oils. Is that what you mean? Like yes, aromatherapy essential products? oils is is the main um the main product of aromatherapy. Um, it's not about synthetic perfumes or um, c- candles or incense. It's about something that is steam distilled from specific parts of plants and flowers, and oh, they're okay. called essential oils. Oh, okay. I just learned something. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Now, Diane, as I told you before, the question that we ask everyone who comes on uh, People Chronicles and on Storied Women is what is it that you want the watchers or the listeners to take away from our chat today? Uh, The main thing I would like people to um, receive from me is that um, um, don't listen to naysayers, you know, don't listen to the word no, and um, never give up. Oh, okay. I like that. So especially, uh, especially for a woman, because a woman is always on a mission. She's not going to take no for an answer, and she's not going to give up. And I think that, no, I know your story, and I want everyone to hear your story, that uh, you are definitely that woman on that mission. So a little bit of Diane maybe 25 years ago or 30 years ago. <laughs> Tell me, where. what is your background? Um, I worked in intensive care for 17 years at St. Joe's. Uh, so I was an intensive care nurse. And during that time, I was very uh, fortunate. I loved my job. I mean, every day I loved being an intensive care nurse. And um, I was fortunate to have many articles published on certain topics that intrigued me or I thought needed to be written about, uh, primarily right to die issues. It was always something that was, um, you'd spend the last few minutes with someone uh, of their last minutes of life, and I thought we should have been able to make them better in intensive care. And so I had uh, articles written about patients' rights. I was fortunate enough to be featured with Gus Yatron in Hospitals Magazine. I got, I was very fortunate to be nominated for some awards by different peers. And one was from the Society of Critical Care Medicine. It's an international organization. And I was the first recipient for the Norma Shoemaker Award, which was for excellence in critical care nursing. Now, I work with lots and lots of excellent nurses. You know, I was fortunate that I was nominated and we won a trip to New York and everything was paid for and it was like so fun. I took my mother. She met Ben Casey. Uh, if anybody's old enough to know, I, for, I forgot who the oh, star uh, is. Uh, I did. I know. Because <laughs> uh, Ben Gazzara. Yeah. Because well, I was a Ben Gazzara versus a Dr. Kildare. Oh, okay. Well, well, my mother was thrilled. And so, and, and then I got an award called the Special Contributor Award from the American Association of Critical Care Nurses. 
And that was for things that I had written about. I, I started a program called Code Blue Be Informed, and it was about knowing your rights um, when you went in the hospital. It was about do not resuscitate orders and, and things like that. So I was very focused on making dying better for people. So, And so definitely humanizing that patient's environment um, in the healthcare system. Yes, open visiting. I mean, uh, when I first started working, we had extremely strict uh, visiting hours. And uh, I remember uh, one Father's Day, um, um, our mayor then wanted to, um, his dad was in, and he asked if he could bring his two children in. Well, you weren't allowed to. And his wife was a volunteer at our hospital. And I'm like, it's Father's Day. I asked all my peers, I said, not because he's the mayor, but because this is his father. So, you know, some people were not, didn't like visitors in that much. And, yeah. Uh, uh, so anyway, you know, the whole family was in, and eventually he died not long after that. That was the first time, the last time the whole family was together. So it's those kind of things. Now, they have since changed, thank God, in, in the past 20 years. But um, it was things like that all involved in making it better. Yeah, you know, we have we don't have enough control over our own lives. So when we're really sick, can't we have a little <laughs> bit of control? And so that was that. Yeah, uh, I can definitely relate to that. When my dad, my dad died um, in the late 1950s, oh, wow. and I remember they, uh, I, <laughs> they remember I remember uh, being snuck into the hospital to see him uh, right before he passed away. You know, I had no idea he was going to pass away, but I remember like being tiptoeing up through the stairs and my mother sneaking us in so because uh, children weren't allowed in. Mm-hmm. So I do remember that. All right, now, speaking of children, and now I know that you have two children? Yes. Yes, you have uh, Eric and? Joseph. And Joseph. Okay, and they are how old? Joseph is 32 and Eric is 35. Well, Joseph will be 32 in September. Eric's 35. Okay. And you have grandchildren? Yes, I have one adorable grandchildren <laughs> named Gage. He just turned four. And they all live with us. Okay. So you have... <laughs> oh, they all live in the, the one house. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, here you go. Okay. That's um, a story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but what we're going to talk about today is I want, I know that within that household, we, Eric, your, your oldest son, um, had a, a tragic accident about, uh, how many years ago? 15, 15 years yeah, ago. September 26th, it will be 15 years. Okay. So what I would ask you to do is, could you take us back to that day, uh, that tragic day, um, in 19... 19- 99? Yes, certainly. Um, it started out to be a great day. It was a beautiful, it was September 26th. It was a just stunningly gorgeous, breezy fall day. And I had gone to a Helga Martin. Um, she's a local healer, and she had a, a, a holistic health fair outside at her house. So I had gone with my then boyfriend, and um, the we did everything. We had the homemade soup, and, and there were different Reiki practitioners and whatever there. And there was also a tarot reader. And I usually don't go to tarot readers because one time I did and they told me some bad stuff and I tried to avoid it and it all happened anyway. And I was like, (laughs) okay, I'm not doing this again. But I was really friends with one there. And I said, okay, you know, I'll take five cards. There was nobody going over to him. And I, if I do, I usually say I want to know about the present as it, you know, like today. So uh, anyway, um, he gets, looks through the cards and he goes, hmm, 
hooks up with my boyfriend and he says, well, I see you, him being with you and supporting you in the next year and a half. And I'm starting to get nervous. And he says, you know, I keep hearing everyone saying you're going to be so strong. Oh, you're so strong. You're so strong. And I'm like, oh, crap. I, I, I like that I'm strong and I want to be strong, but I don't want to have to be strong. You know, so anyway, that was 430 Quarter of four thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, quarter of six. My son Joe, who was then seventeen, and like this extremely mature voice says, "I'm sorry, I'm also a crybaby." Okay. My, my, he says, um, "Mom, something really bad has happened. Eric's been in a bad car accident, and you need to call this number." So I called the number, and it was the father of Eric's then-girlfriend of 12 days. They'd been friends for three years. I always used to say, when are you going to make him your boyfriend, I'd say to her. But anyway, so they were boyfriend and girlfriend of 12 days. And um, uh, he was uh, being – so I called her father, and he said, Eric's being medevaced to a trauma center. It's it's a really bad accident. It was near our house. I heard the crash. He you, said, you, oh, the person. Her, the, her father said, oh, her I father heard the crash. crash. And um, so um, his wife was going with, it was um, his girlfriend and Eric in the car. She was driving. And um, uh, so the, his mom, her mom was going to the hospital with her. And um, uh, her dad was coming with, going to take me to the trauma center, which was like 45 minutes away through really windy roads. But anyway, I called the trauma center, and um, actually, I was with my boyfriend, you know, and when I got off the phone, I said, we have to go home right away. Um, Eric's been in an accident, and all the way in the car, it was only a five-minute drive, and I just prayed out loud, please, God, let him live till he at least gets to the hospital. You know, but anyway, and he did. He lived till he got to the hospital. (laughs) <laughs> and, and okay so you arrive at the hospital and uh eric is alive the yes. girlfriend is fine um we don't we know that she was just in shock she okay. wasn't injured so and she wasn't injured, her. but we know that eric has been quite injured yes and uh what type of injuries did eric have well he had um uh, a traumatic brain injury and most of the injuries were to his head and face and so, like, when I called the hospital before um, Jackie's dad and I actually drove down, she asked me for identifying marks. And I said, well, he has big, brown, beautiful eyes and long brown eyelashes, and there's dead silence. And I said, oh, my God, isn't he recognizable? And she said, well, think of something else. And I, I'm like, well... He has a hairy butt. He's not circumcised. You know, like, who would think that those would be the identifying features you'd have to tell somebody about your child? Sure. So when we get there, and um, the a nurse meets us to warn us how bad he looks, and she just says, there's extreme facial swelling, and I just want you to be prepared. He's on the ventilator because they paralyzed him chemically because the thought is is that if you're paralyzed chemically you don't fight anything and it gives the chance the brain a better chance to heal so when I walk in there I start to faint and and I fall backwards and Jackie's dad um you know catches me and I I mean, I fainted twice in nursing school, very early nursing school. (laughs) One time when I went into a dialysis unit, and it was the old-fashioned ones, and all the blood went around this great big tub. I mean, the tubs were like this big, and you saw all the blood there. And I just thought to myself, oh, my goodness, all the blood from that person's body is is in that tub? I fainted. (laughs) But But you were very young at the time. Yeah, I was younger, yeah. So, And this was 
you know, completely different. different but yeah. Eric, Eric wasn't recognizable. And he, if you could take the largest purple plum you ever saw in your life and put it on your eye, and then you know how the chicken neck skin on chickens when they're running around, it kind of wiggles down there, mm-hmm. and you put that at the bottom of your eye, that is what Eric's eyes look like. And the right was much worse than when the left, left and his was no part of his face that looked together. Looked like your son. And yeah. uh, so... so so then he stayed in the hospital for how long? 54 days. 54 days. And so at the end of the 54 days, then what happens? Well, um, if I could just tell a little bit about the 54 days, just quickly, is that every day everyone thought he wouldn't make it. Everybody kept telling me, oh, he'll be a vegetable. They did this thing with a social worker called reality, reality orientation, and she said, I need to tell you your son's never coming back to you. He's probably going to be blind. He may not know you. He may not even live, you know. And this was like two days after the accident, and I just said, I don't want this discussion. I'm not interested in your version of reality. And and finally, I did get angry, and I said, only God knows what's going to happen to my son, and I'm not listening to anyone that has anything other to say. That if it's not positive, I don't want to hear it. So you... So tell me about a little bit about that because you, is that when you created the zone? Yes, yes. Okay, tell tell I them about the zone. I called my sister. She was pretty computer savvy, and I said, "I want you to make me a banner that says Optimist Zone, positive thoughts and words only. Miracles come to those who believe." So she made it, and that was in the center, Optimist Zone, and then she had a lot of different versions of smiley suns all around those words. And fortunately, the unit let me put it up above his bed in fact one of the orderlies helped me put it up there and um not you know in those days not everybody would have even let you put up a banner above the bed you know they would have said infection control or something but anyhow so anytime anybody said the slightest thing i would point to that banner you know and give them a dirty look you know get if you want to say something negative get away from this bedside you know and people said oh he can't hear you and um and things like that and I used to sing A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes it's one of the things from a Disney movie yes. and um, When You're Fast Asleep and um, anyway I sang it very quietly to him every night before we left the hospital and a couple years later when I was telling somebody about that Eric laughed and I said Eric do you remember that and he did thumbs up he remembered that so you never know what they remember and remember hearing so Okay, so we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Diane, I would like you to then share with us where Eric is today, 15 years later, and uh, the progress that he's made, and a little bit about your, your, this new life that you had for the last 15 years. Okay, so let's just take a quick break. This story is brought to you by the Literacy Council of Reading Berks. I'm Ryan Breisch, the Executive Director of the Literacy Council, and the Literacy Council is in its 45th year teaching adults how to read, write, and speak English, as well as work with individuals to get their GEDs. If you would like to be a volunteer tutor to help individual students reach these goals, please give us a call at 610-670-9960. Welcome back to the People Chronicles. Today on Storied Women, we have Diane Granstrom. And what Diane has been telling us is, is the, about her son, about her a background as a um, 
skilled registered nurse, a highly qualified registered nurse. And then in 1999, her life changed, as did her son, as did her entire families, when her oldest boy, Eric, had a serious car accident and, as a result, um, had a serious brain injury. So I want to pick up a little bit about, you said that he spent 54 days or 50-some-odd days in the um, hospital. And then what happened after he was released from the hospital? He was released from the hospital, I'm assuming. And where did he go then? He went to a local nursing home. Now, they w- the hospital was trying to get him released sooner than that, but no nursing homes would take him. They thought he was young. He was going to require a lot of care for probably another 30 years, and they didn't want to spend that kind of money, so they sent out 57 referrals to three states, and nobody would take Eric. And it was kind of the beginning of nobody would take Eric. Nobody would take him to rehab. Nobody would allow this. Nobody would allow that. And so... Um, I had to work to change that. But anyhow... So, the, so this is the beginning of when we're going back to the, what you want people to remember. This is the beginning of you hearing no and just not taking it for an answer. Yeah, and I, it wasn't that I was unrealistic. A lot of people seemed to imply that I was unrealistic or even bitchy, you know. And um, the uh, in my gut, I felt different. Now, perhaps if the situation was different, maybe I would have sensed that it was different. But I believed he was in there. And and, um, so uh, we were fortunate that um, Spruce Manor took him. And so uh, that's in West Reading, and it was only two miles from my house. And they let me visit any time I wanted. So I was usually there from 8 a.m. till 11.30 at night when the night shift came on so we could meet the night shift and I could see that he was sleeping when we left and I don't mean that he was awake other times I just mean that his eye eye was closed and he wasn't didn't have a grimace on his face or something okay so he spent how long did he stay in the uh, rehab 13 months well it was a nursing home nursing home yeah it was 13 months it took me 13 months to get him home because um administrators and powers that be felt I didn't have a support system. I have a very small family, and I didn't have people who could help me, so they didn't want me to take him home. And Uh, and, uh, and just a little footnote to that. When I said before that Diana is five feet, how tall is Eric? He's six foot two and weighs about 170. Okay, so... Uh, so you can see where, where they were thinking that maybe you can't do it physically manage mm-hmm. to. But you did physically manage to because you didn't listen to these naysayers. And Eric was discharged, and he has come home to your home now. And um, how is he doing? How, how, how is he doing now? Right now, he's happy to be alive. Now, there are a lot of things that... Um, Let's call them challenges. Some people will say they're deficiencies, whatever. But the th- one of the things that keeps me going is that Eric is happy to be alive. He's happier than most people. Um, Eric is half blind in both eyes. That's something called left hemianopsia. And uh, uh, it means that those visual fields are missing. And by missing, it means he's blind there. So it... It interferes with depth perception, and if you're going for a ride and you're looking out the window, 
he don't see that well and he um for years we did have some tv and then he decided when our tv broke he didn't want it back again he didn't want tv um but anyway um he can um sit he can um uh talk he, he started speaking a little more about seven or eight years ago he defied all the logic so for some people if someone if you have a head education out there and people say we will go further away from the accident the harder it is is to improve the worst the prognosis it wasn't in that case in eric um, he he said a few things maybe you know like 2002 and then didn't say much again, but he can make his wishes known when he doesn't speak clearly. Be people, you know, some people have no trouble uh, hearing him. But about seven years ago, he he started talking. One morning, he just just said, "Morning, mom," and like this sing-songy way. I about just jumped into the ceiling. You know, I made him say it a bit about a hundred times that day. And I want to make sure that this wasn't in a one-time fluke. Sure. You know, and then I told him he could say "Morning, mom" for the rest of his life. Life, I didn't care what time I meant what was, and he still said this morning, my mom, mom, like it's 10 o'clock at night or whatever. But, um, so, so and, and every time I ask him if he's happy, he is, he is happy now. He so, uh, yeah, wow, I think what he, he says is, what did he say to you about that being happy? What, um, well. He says, thank you a lot. One of the things he said at, um, well, maybe two years ago, right before Christmas, he said, thank you, Mom. And I said, you're welcome for what? And he he said that for, now he, we, we also call him the man, and then he calls himself the man. So he said that, for giving birth to me, the man. And then, of course, it made me cry. And I swear, I cried the first time under time times he said at it. And, you know, but because I thought that that was very profound and extreme show of gratitude and what a beautiful way they do express it. And so my son was always his heart felt in general and always he was a good person. And, you know, always he's kind and then he still is. Is that 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 that's in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds and, nice. it's, 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 and then it, and then it comes out and out in so many different ways for yes, you. And yes. when I know that, and then I know that you hanging on to, to some of the memories that you had before. Here he was. He he had the accident, and and then also that. 
the, 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 those kind words that he says to you now, that he, when he, he tells you he loves you, or, or um, just looks at you, or you are just is, is, is there with you. You, you know that, that. You, you know, you are his mother, and you know that. Um, um, and you do, you take care of her from day in and day out. And then, could you give us like a typical day of what you do, Luke? Yes. Yeah, or is, there, is, there, is, there, is, is it the day day typical? Is well, actually, you know, when, when you asked me that question, and I thought there isn't no typical day. Yeah. But there are tasks that must be accomplished every, every day. single day. Okay. And so the, the, the basic ones, of course, are, are I mean, he's, he's, he's incontinent, and so okay. he needs to be chaining six or seven times a day, depending on, you know, what the actual need is. is um, he needs to get a shower or so he he has to be lifted up in a special shower or that she share and fortunately we can get him into the shower or do you have some home home care i have a a, a wonderful woman um named allison star sure she's a star in her in our family only <laughs> And, and um, she, she started a minute about five and a half years ago. And with Eric, like with head and injuries, um, everybody's different. So although there might be some similarities, it's like a left to me and then the eye a diagnosis like that. Will be the, that, that with everyone one who who has is it, you know. But that um, mm-hmm. for him, you, you have to get to know what would be means. You have to know his his body. So if, if you're lifting him up to get get him on the shower drawer chair, you you have to know. You have to feel. How thought to do it? So, um, uh, it she worked for me for two years before I let her, her give him a shower completely by herself, you know, into the chair and whatever. And then and it was about two and a half years ago, I let her shave him. Now, it's because there's Shaving was one of my four days in the hospital. My girlfriend and Sharon and I went on Sunday. They used to be horrifically busy back at an ICU. We'd shave everybody. And uh, <laughs> and we'd wash their hair. You know, and we'd even trimmed eyebrows and stuff. So, 
um, we, we were very, very good at shaving. So right. I wasn't going to let somebody shave Americans until they we were really, really good at Because it's like, even in the hospital or the nursing home, uh, if I wasn't the one who shaved, I'd, I'd come in and he'd, he'd have an next and I'd say, hey, 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 hey I'll, I'll shave him. You know, so, so do you, you shave with the razor or with the electric? I just shave with the razor because I'm not coordinated enough to do use, use an electric one. And then I know everybody says the electric easier. But um, I usually use the Gillette blue and the next expensive disposable razors and um, he gets in a nice, nice clean shave. And right now he has a goatee. He has a mustache and a goatee. And one year, year I let him have, one year for the heck of it, we let everything grow wild. wild. So he had a big wild beard and wild hair. He looked like Grizzly Adams. But you know, you know, you have have some variety in your life. <laughs> but uh, so um. So it's, and I know, I know another thing that you did, adding the variety in your life, is that Eric liked to swim, isn't that correct? Yes. And then so you put it in, in a pool in your backyard specifically for, the, for that? Yes, yes, yes. And see, that was one of our dream memes. It's now when, when on an I got when he was in the nursing home, I actually called all around him to see if there was anywhere I could get him in a pool. Because he did get to go to a rehab that has us a pool for six weeks. They would not allow him in the pool. And so, anyway, I called uh, Cindy Brown and on Ed Aquabilla ladies, which unfortunately they closed a couple of years ago. But she, she, they were willing to take him there with his trach. But fortunately, does he, does he have a trach now? Not now. No, no. no. He pulled it. He pulled it out, it out. They say he he didn't pull it out, but it wasn't possible for him to pull it out. But he he had pulled it out, and we we were we weaning him in any way, and he, and he was just fine. And then uh, was taken to the hospital that night. He had oxygen saturation of nine ninety nine, and I mean he was super super good. And and um. And in any way, I, um, uh, she, they we would let us take care of her. We got special diapers called Gabbies from Canada. Canada. So, well, um, it wouldn't affect the pool. So I, I would put two and then and then I was, I was swimming with trunks and so on in on him. And the further she took him, and then the we we went there for our, um, twelve of years. 
Okay, so now you have you have your pool at home, though. Yeah, yeah. So it is. So in these things that are typical or not typical during your day of taking care of his personal hygiene and stuff like that, that that includes now swimming. In the in the yeah, Mermans, yes, yes, yes. It also includes feet eating and everything you can think of nails and ears and teeth, even you know, all those things they they take time, yeah, yeah. But at um, right now, right now, he he only gets in the pool three times a week because as I I. We got a little lift, so when you go to buy pool lifts, they all, all show you the, the up and down. Yeah, you know, and yeah, this is, this is hydraulic, this is, this is electric, goes those up and down. Take care of someone with a brain injury, but to take care of a child of a brain, with a brain injury, which to me is, when you talk about extraordinary, that's extraordinary. It's just not in the natural order of things. So I ask you, well, how do you take care of Diane? How do you do that? Um, so that's always a hard question because it's, do you do that? Maybe I should ask, do you do that? Not often enough. Now, simple, simple pleasures help. You know, we are home a lot, and we're home almost all the time. You know, and um, I say to people, we made our home a paradise. You know, I'm, we're not going to Hawaii like I used to tell Eric when he was little we'd go to Hawaii and I'm certainly not going to see the pyramids I'm afraid now anyway to go over to see the pyramids but um so we laugh a lot Eric still has a sense of humor so we laugh about all those daily care things you know and I have funny names for things and you know just here's one example when you pull somebody up in bed oh this when we first got home um he couldn't help me I would stand on the top of the bed and pull his arms and I'd go me big strong squaw because I'm certainly part Indian and I'd go and I'd yank him up in bed like that's not exactly what you do in the hospital but you know you find (laughs) these ways and they are funny but um so I think laughter maybe and my aromatherapy the smells and uh, making the orders for the the hospice people my grandson he loves his unky that's his name for him and um he always says good night unky love you sweet dreams you know before eric goes to bed so those small things like uh, one time i i read a book um man search for meaning about a man who found joy and lived through auschwitz and so we're not in auschwitz you know we have actually a wonderful life and a lot to be grateful for so i will when i'm down if i'm crying enough i have to cry or whatever then i'll go i have a lot to be grateful for find your attitude of gratitude and i remind myself to find my attitude of gratitude i have no words i have no i have no words to respond to that that is extraordinary and we talk about that in lunch with lucille about finding that gratitude of having that gratitude attitude because it just gives you that uplift you know to be thankful for all those things that we have and i think that what you have given eric um, and I think what you have given the people here, too, who are listening to this is really that sense, that sense of gratitude that we, are, that we can share together. Um, and I appreciate you being on the show today. And I know that 
if, if she were to stand up, I think everyone who is listening to you now would see truly how tall you are and how big and how strong that you are. And I thank you, Diane, for coming on to the show. Because when it, when it says no, it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> thank you for this opportunity. You're welcome, Diane. Thank you very much for being on Story Women. Thank you.